All right, you may have a seat. So glad you're here. We're going to be almost finishing up Matthew. We're so close, so close. But hopefully you've enjoyed it for the last <laughs> three and a half years. Which if you think about it, that's how long Jesus' ministry was. So we've just taken our time and walked daily with him all the way through, right? It's funny how that stuff plays out. But Matthew chapter 25, we're going to be in verse 14. And I'm going to share a thought with you today that it's not a new thought. It's one that it's common in the world. It's with more ability that we have or more ability that we've been given, there's more responsibility that comes with that. Right? I mean, it's not rocket science that with ability comes responsibility. I can, I can tell you stories upon stories of my own personal life of as I grew better in soccer, my responsibility for the team grew. I became captain or a leader or whatever. Or maybe I was the anchor for the defense. So as I got better, my responsibility increased. In my jobs that I've had, as, as I've grown and matured and gained some wisdom and experience in it, my job's changed, therefore my responsibility changes. But it's no different with the Lord. Every one of us have been given abilities. Maybe we just have that smile that's just captivating and warms people's hearts, uh, maybe like Sandy Atwood's was. And she just captivated people initially. Well, guess what she did? She used that and leveraged it for the glory of the Lord. She took that uh, responsible that ability seriously and used it and became very responsible with it because with our abilities responsibility is always there many of you already know that when you move up in power of your job the responsibility gets bigger some of us just want the bigger paycheck without the bigger responsibility but unfortunately it doesn't work that way and God has blessed all of us with something it may not be standing on the stage and preaching. It may not be teaching. It may just be simply standing in the back behind the scenes doing a lot of things that nobody will ever know. And that's okay because God has given us abilities that are different from each other. And we're going to see in the story today that there's so many things in there in this passage that are important to us to help us in moving forward with our lives. And so with ability comes responsibility again all of us have ability in some form or fashion the question is are we being responsible with it let's jump right into the passage again this is Jesus at the end of his ministry in just a, probably in a day or two days or maybe even hours he's getting ready to have the last supper he'll be um, taken captive beaten crucified, buried, and then praise God, he rises again and shows himself for about 40 days. That's what's getting ready to happen. Oh, thank you so much. However, in these last few moments, he's not just visiting family and catching up and saying his last request. He is preaching his heart out. He is sharing truths that are so deep, not just to his disciples, but they are deep for you and I that we need to hear today. And so he is continuing this long discourse of teachings to his disciples. And in verse 14 he says, Again, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. <clears throat> now this far country... Is heaven. Jesus is the king, the, the, the man that has the servants, and we are his servants, and he's given us goods. 
But in the story, he gives one five talents to another two talents and to another one talent to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Now, these men are working in this man's house, and he says, hey, I want you to come over here for a little bit. I'm getting ready to leave. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you two, and I'm going to give you one talent, and just take care of it while I'm gone. Seems reasonable, right? They're his servants. That's what they're called to do. It's their responsibility. Then he, who had received the five talents, went and traded with them and made another five talents. This guy took this new gift and took it very responsibly and turned it and made five more. So he doubled the money. Likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. This guy did the same thing. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So we've got two guys that were super responsible with what the the master had given him. One felt like he was responsible because he's protecting the gift that this um, um, king or um, owner or... Man, I can't think this morning. The guy gave him. (laughs) And he protected it. Now watch what happens. He comes back from his trip. So... He who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He says, great job. You did what I was hoping you would do. You took what I gave you and you you leveraged it for me. And you've given it back, or you've offered it back. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you even more. And I want you just to enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, in verse 22, had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Interesting little note here. They had different amounts of talents that were given to them, but the response, because of their obedience and faithfulness to the responsibility given to them, the response from their Lord was the same. We're in just, I'm, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. But the value or the size of the gift or ability that God has given you is not that important. It's what you do and how you respond with it. That is what is important. Then he who had received one talent in verse 24 came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. This man went to his Lord and said, you are scary, dude. I was fearful of what you would do if I lost this thing, if I tried to do something with it and I lost it. So here's what I did. I knew it was yours and I knew that you would be upset and I knew that you do things a little bit differently. So what I did, what I thought was best is I hid it. I buried it deep. That way when you came back, I knew where it was. I could dig it up, spit shine it and bring it back to you nice and clean the way that you left it. Verse 26, but his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. 
but he did what he thought was best. He protected what was given to him. That's reasonable. But he did what he thought was best. Watch what the master says here. You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. He's like, you already knew what type of person I was and how I do things. So why would you not do what I would have done? Let that sink in. Because there are many Christians today that are living lives, they're taking the abilities and the gifts that God's given them, this new life, this new freedom, and they're hoarding it for themselves, they're hiding it away. And he's going to return someday, and he's going to say, you knew what I expected. I told you what I wanted from you. Why wouldn't you do it? It blows my mind when we give biblical counseling to people, and they say, I know that's what the Bible says, but... Verse 28, therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. It's talking about those that take what they were given and make it more. They leverage it for the glory of God, they'll be given more. But the person that takes what was given to them and don't do anything with it, it will be taken from them. I can tell you stories of pastors who started growing the church and it was a vibrant ministry, but they got caught up with their own selfish wills and their selfish desires. And that ministry was taken from then and given to someone else who was being responsible with the gift that God has given them. That's what we're talking about here. It's not that the other person is better. That person is just being responsible with what God has given them and the other was not. And look what he says in verse 30. Not only is he going to take away what he had given them, but cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Anytime you hear that, that's referring to eternal separation from God. Hell. Interesting story, right? Seems kind of weird that he's given these things, this talent, which we know in this story it's going to be about money. But a lot of times it's not just about money because we know that it could be gifts that God has given us, spiritual gifts that God has given us, or natural abilities that already are built within us that we can leverage for him. What if this gift, this talent that we're talking about is simply the life that he has given you to live? Well, I'll just wait until it's time, until I feel like I've done everything that I feel like I've wanted to do, and then I will commit to the Lord. Please be careful with that. Don't play that game. Well, I'm not, I'm not comfortable being on the stage even though I can play this instrument really well. Neither are any of them, just so you know. Neither am I. It may look like I am. I'm just a good actor. It's not about how you feel. It's not about what you think. It's about my life is now his. And he has blessed me with gifts and talents that I want to return back to him and leverage them in such a way that when I give them back, they are more than what he gave me. Meaning if I want to be a better preacher, I got to study. 
I've got to learn from the best. I've got to keep uh, practicing and making my craft better. If the musicians want to get better, they've got to keep practicing and learning and always being stretched. If you want to get better at what God has blessed you with, you've got to continue to go forward with it. You can't just hoard it for yourself and hide it away. None of us want to hear, wicked and lazy servant. Right? That would be horrible. And then to be cast away, that's even worse. And so all of us have talents of some sort. In this story, again, the parable is specifically talking about money. But the underlying current of all of this is we all have some type of gift or ability from the Lord. Notice what's common in this story. They all have the same master. It's not different masters. It's all the same master who calls all three guys in. By the way, you all have, in case you didn't know, the same creator God. You're all created in his image. There are no other gods that can do that. In fact, there are no other gods that really exist at all except for him. He is the only true God that is there. And so because of that, we all have the same master that is giving us talents and abilities and expecting us to do something with them before he returns. By the way, he is coming back. I promise he's coming back. Notice that they were all given the same responsibility. Notice that it's not about the amount of the responsibility, but the responsibility is the same. They were all given an amount of something to take care of, to watch out for, to protect. All of us have been given something. Oh, I'm, I'm too young. No, you're not. I'm too old. Please don't tell me that. Because if you're not dead, God's not done with you. And if you can walk, you can be used. Well, I don't speak very well. Okay, shake a hand. Smile. Well, I don't hear very well. Count the money. I steal. Don't count the money. <laughs> but there are many things that God has blessed us with that we are able to do. That we are hoarding to ourselves because we're scared of losing. God is not worried about that. Did we not just sing a song of seek first the kingdom? And he'll take care of the rest. If we go after him and leverage our abilities and gifts that he's given us for his glory, he will make a way that it will be useful. All we're given the same responsibility. But not only that, but all we're required to give an account. He called all three and said, hey, where's my money? What'd you do? What happened? None of us will escape giving an account for our lives. We're all going to have to give an account someday. Thankfully, those that are following Christ, we're going to have Christ's blood covering us and helping us with that. For those of you that don't have the blood of Christ covering you, you better get it quick. Because we don't know, again, when he's coming back. But not only were we all required to give an account, all were invited to participate. But only those who respond well will be blessed with more. Let that sink in just a little bit. This gentleman who was given the one talent, he did what he thought was best. 
Rather than knowing his master, his Lord, and how he did things, which he even says, I know how you were. These other two gentlemen, they leveraged what they knew about their Lord and they made the money work for him. Maybe part of the reason we don't use the gifts and abilities for the Lord the way that we're supposed to is because we don't know our master the way that we should. Because when we know our master the way that we should, we will respond differently. And when we respond to the abilities and talents that he has given us and we leverage them for his glory and we make them more, he will give us more responsibility. And maybe that's what's scaring you. I don't want to change anymore. I like right here where I'm at. It'll be good enough. What if it's not? I haven't found yet in scripture where it says, reach this point and coast the rest of the way. Reach this spot of spirituality and you're good. You don't really have to do, there's nothing in scripture which tells us that we can stop at any point. This is a journey, it is a race, it's a marathon. We need to keep moving forward and leveraging these abilities and gifts. Because when we respond well, he's going to give you more. And I, again, I could use my own life. I honestly really wasn't interested in going to Alabama when Sally and I visited there. I was content going back home and working in North Carolina, teaching in a public school, coaching soccer, finding a little church, being involved, and just being content with that. Sally was more missionally minded than I was and convinced me, because that's what good wives do, that this would be the best place for us is to go to Alabama and serve at a church in, in a small Christian school. And God used that to propel us into the youth ministry. And so because I was obedient with the talents that I had of being able to connect with kids and being able to teach, he used that to give me more responsibility, which I wasn't excited about because with more responsibility becomes sometimes tiresome. But as I grew accustomed to that, my ability grew. And because my ability grew, more responsibility came. And with more responsibility, my ability grew. And with that, more responsibility came to now you're stuck with me. <laughs> However, I don't want to just stay in my little spot. I want to continue to get better at what God has called me to do. I'm not looking to leave. Just get that out of your head. But I don't want to stay in the same spot spiritually. I want to continue growing. I want to continue exercising this ability that he's blessed me with and allow my responsibility to grow, knowing all along that I'm giving it back to him and that he will guide me and help me with it. That is what I want for all of you. So how do we respond? What do we do with that? How, do, how are we supposed to respond when he says, hey, I want you to, I've given you this ability. Here's what I want you to do. The thing you shouldn't do is don't do anything. That's not the proper way to respond. Another non-proper way to respond is don't leverage God's gift for yourself. I'm not up here for my own kicks and giggles. I'm up here because he's called me to this. I don't want to be up here if it's going to feed my ego and make me think that I'm something that I'm not. I would rather go scrub a toilet. And you know how much I hate that. Don't leverage God's gift to feed yourself. That's not what this is about at all. 
We should leverage the gift, the talent, the ability, whatever it is, for his glory and his glory alone. That's exactly what these two first men did. And the third one admitted that's what he should have done, but he was scared to death. But what if somebody has more than I have? Or what if they have less than I have? Because I know that's what you're thinking. Well, you're the pastor, so obviously you're going to get more gifts from God. Show me in here where it's stated why he chose one over the other. He was not, he just said, hey, you're going to get five. Hey, you're going to get two and you're going to get one. Now it does say based on their abilities. So maybe they were able to handle the five, the two, the one. But when he came back, he didn't hold that against him. He just wanted to know, how were you responsible with what I gave you? One of the things that I think we struggle with in church so many times is, well, they just have more ability than I have. That may be, but the level of responsibility is the same. I want you to hear that. Let me say that again. The level of ability that I have as opposed to Sally, as opposed to Charlie, as opposed to anybody else in this room, we're going to be on different levels. But the level of responsibility to those abilities that God has blessed all of us with is the same. God expects the same from each of us. It doesn't matter how small or how big the ability that he's blessed you with or the talents that you're going to use. It doesn't matter. He expects a proper response to be responsible with what he has given us. So what if they have more? Our response should not be based on the value or the size of the gift. When I write thank you notes, it shouldn't matter whether somebody gave me a hundred bucks or a dollar. Or a thousand. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Right? The thank you should be the same all the way across because it's the intent behind the heart of the giver. It's not about the amount. And in the world that we live in has absolutely infiltrated the, uh, infiltrated the church to convince us that it's about the amount, not about the intent of the heart. And then we take that and we translate it to God. Well, God doesn't love me as much because he didn't give me as much. No, God loves you the same because he gave all that he had to give with his son, Jesus Christ. All this other stuff is bonus for us. We all got the same gift. And by the way, our response to it should be the same all the way across the board. Our response should simply be obedience in doing what we know to do. This one servant said, I was scared. I knew what kind of person you were. I knew what you would expect, and I was too fearful. Is that how you're living your Christian life? Well, God, I don't think I can match up to what you're expecting me to do. So I'm just going to stay over here. I'm just going to pray my little prayer and just trust that that's all I have to do. And to an extent, the basis of this journey, that is where it starts. But he doesn't want us to stay there. Our salvation is not based on our works, but our works proves our salvation. It allows us to see that there is something going on within me. So if I'm staying right here, the question I have to ask you is, do you really mean to call him Lord of your life? 
Do you really mean that I'm submitting everything that I have to him for him to use me? Because if you're staying right here and not leveraging those abilities and gifts that he's given you, I would challenge that maybe that prayer hasn't sunk in yet. Never do I want you to doubt your salvation. But I always want you to work at it. I want you to think it through. I want you to challenge it. I want you to question it to the point of, okay, am I really doing everything that God's calling me to do? That's good for us, by the way. Listen, there's not a job on the planet that doesn't require us to analyze what's going on. Am I right? I know I'm stuck in a church in a hole back here and I'm not out in the real world, not working a real job. I hear that a lot. But I'm not dumb. I've been out there enough. I know how it works. So why would we treat our Christian life any different? Why would we not do some self-evaluations every now and again, not based on what I think or feel, but self-evaluations based on what Scripture has already called me to do? We already know what God expects of us. The question is, how are you responding to that? What are you doing with that? We know what we're supposed to do. We find it in a wonderful verse. Anybody know what that verse is? Dick? Micah 6, 8. Do what is right. Love being kind to other people. And walk humbly with God. That's what he expects of all of us. It's not about whether you're a preacher, a singer, a teacher, a handshaker, a greeter. It's not about that. That's leveraging to draw people to him. Our responsibility is to live life in such a way that we are doing what is right before God, that we are loving being kind because that's the second commandment that Jesus threw out there and walking humbly with him because that's the first one. It's that simple, by the way. We should simply be obedient in what we already know to do. In fact, the master even asked them, he asked that one servant, why would you not do what you knew I would do? I ask you, if Jesus were here and he went to work and he dealt with that coworker that you always have trouble with and you know how Jesus would deal with that coworker, why won't you do it? I know, it's quiet. I'll amen that one for you. Amen. <laughs> your neighbor, your spouse, your children, government we already know how Jesus would interact with all facets of life especially the sinners he loved them just the same he walked with them just the same in fact he went after them probably more than we do so I ask you why would we Knowing what God would do, what Christ would do on this earth, why would we not do the same? Why would we not? That's the question of the day. We have abilities and talents just oozing out of us, but we are hoarding it to ourselves to only use in this little capacity because this is where it's safe. There are people that are outside these doors that need to experience the life that God has blessed you with. They need to experience the joy, the peace, the guidance, 
They want that. They're looking for that. We know that they're searching all over this planet in all different forms, and they're not finding it. You have found it. What are you doing with it? Are you just holding it close just to make sure you get across those pearly gates? Man, I hope not. Because if I'm truly seeking first the kingdom, he will add to me all the things that I need. I will be taken care of. He, he'll take care of the clothes and the money and, and the food and all that stuff that we worry about. What I should be worried about is how can I leverage the gifts and abilities and the, the, the spiritual gift that God has given me of eternal life? How can I leverage that for his glory with those around me? All of us have been given that if we're a child of God. And now the question is, how am I going to respond? How am I going to be responsible with that? I know how Jesus would have responded. Why am I not doing that? James 4, 17 is a big verse. Therefore, to him to knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it is sin. It's an interesting question that the master asked the servant of one talent. You knew what I would do. Why didn't you do that? And he cast him out. There are things in our life that we involve ourselves in that we know there's no way Jesus would do that. <laughs> right? And when we know that he wouldn't do that and we did do it, we've sinned. We know what we're supposed to do. At some point in time, we as adults and young adults and some kids that are in here, we know right from wrong. And James says, when you know what is right and you don't do it, you've just sinned. When are we going to stop playing this game of, well, you know, he'll, we'll work with it. How about, let me take this wonderful gift of eternal life and joy and peace within my heart, righteousness from Christ within me, and I just want to live that type of life. How about I just leverage that, use that gift and ability, and see what God has for me. Instead of dabbling in all of these other things and towing the line and playing the fence rider position, that's a painful spot to be in. Experiencing all that God has for us is so much better. But all of us have been given the same gift, the gift of eternal life. And the question is, how are we leveraging that? In that same passage of James, there are three things that he outlines big time. He says, submit to God and resist the devil. Because he said, therefore, to him to know it to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. This is what he's talking about. When we know we should submit to God and that we don't resist the devil, we know that we should have done that and therefore we're sinning. He also says, don't speak evil of one another. That's tough. Well, it's a prayer request. I'm just venting. I'm just getting it out. Just processing. Yeah, I get that. And there are spaces for that. But be careful with the intention of your heart of who you're talking to and how you're sharing it. If you're not seeking true wisdom of how to deal with it, then all you're doing is slandering the person that you're talking about. And James says, when you know how you're supposed to deal with it and you're not dealing with it, you're sinning. Lastly, consider the will of God and what he wants for you. We've already talked about the will of God. Micah 6, 8, for me. Might not be for you, but that's what it is for me. But look at this verse. Oh, just kidding. Here's another thought. He's coming back. 
I don't want to downplay that, but it's hard for us to think about that and fathom that. He's coming back. He is Jesus. We've never physically met him. We've never physically laid eyes or physically talked to him. We've never audibly heard him. So when we say he's coming back, it's not like your in-laws are coming back in town and you got to prepare, right? Jesus is coming back. We don't know what it's going to look like. We have a picture given to us that we're trying to, to, to figure out what it's really going to entail. But the reality is it's going to be bigger and more awesome than you could ever imagine. And the question is, are we ready for him to check on his investment? Are we ready for him to say, here's what I gave you. What have you done with it? That makes me nervous. That reminds me of coming home at the end of the school year with my report card and my parents saying, where's your report card? And me saying, "Mm, dog ate it. I'm just kidding. I never said that. I had good grades. I never hid mine. But some of y'all did. (laughs) Those that are laughing. (laughs) I'm I'm just kidding. But you know what I'm talking about or else you wouldn't be responding the way that you are. You know. Why is it that we get so concerned about being found out with our sin that we're not more concerned about the one who knows us best and has blessed us with these abilities? When he comes back, he's going to check in on his investment. Oh, I got time. Okay. Can you tell me how much time you got? Oh, I got time. It's not for a while. Okay. I would much rather be the wise virgins from last week and have more oil than what I may ever need. But at least I know that no matter when he comes, I am ready. I want my flame burning bright. I want my flame burning clear. And I want my flame to be eternal. That's my responsibility. He's given me the light and it's my job to make sure that that joker burns bright. In Luke 14, it's a similar story. It's a little bit different, but notice how Luke ends this passage. He says, for everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required and to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. This is a good and and tough verse for us. It's good to know that yes, there's gonna be a requirement that When Christ returns, we're going to be required to give back what he's blessed us with. But it's also scary because the more we get, the more we're responsible for. Be happy with the talent that God has given you. Because with more talents comes more responsibility. But here's the cool thing. Our response to whatever talent you have, whether you're a five-bagger or a two-bagger or a one-bagger, your response should be the same as everybody else. That's our responsibility. That's not on God. He's already given us what we need. Now it's our job to leverage those things for him. A couple of thoughts. Have you grown in your relationship with him? Here's how we can kind of know where we're at with this. How's your relationship growth are you growing or are you kind of stagnant? Have you kind of stayed back where you were when you were a kid? Now, again, it's not a good place to be. I'll just say it. You got to be growing. You got to be moving. You got to be further along than you were when you first committed your life to Christ. 
If not, maybe, maybe it really didn't, maybe you didn't mean it. Maybe, maybe you just didn't get it. You didn't understand it completely. But today you could. Today you can say, you know what? I realize I've been given a great gift from God. I want to leverage that for his glory. I'm making the change today. Father, I submit all that I have to you. It's that simple. And then it gets complicated. Let me ask you this. For those of you that are growing in your faith and do have a solid walk, how have you influenced those around you? Wouldn't it be fun to be a fly on the wall to hear the people talking about you when you're not there to see, just kind of know what they're talking about? Maybe it wouldn't be fun. If you already know that it wouldn't be fun, then maybe there's some changes you need to be making. You have something worth sharing, something worth leveraging for God's glory. And what about this thought? Have you used the gifts that he has blessed you with for his glory? Wow, what does that look like? Does that mean I got to be like this crazy Jesus person at work? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the joy and peace that lives within you. Why can't you let that out? Why do you have to be mean and nasty? Why do you have to walk around with a scowl on your face all the time? If God really has given you joy in your life, if you really know and can accept the forgiveness that God has given you, there is no reason unless your face just naturally does that. That we should be scowling or frowning really anytime. Even in times where it's hard, there should be a peace about our life that shows through our sadness. How have you influenced and are you using the gifts that God has blessed you with? Why? Because with your ability that God has blessed you with, you've got some responsibility. With the ability that he's given me, I've got a huge responsibility, right? It's the same responsibility you have. You ever thought about that? But you're the pastor. you got to preach every Sunday. Yeah, I've got to be responsible with the ability that he's blessed me with, right? Just like you must be responsible with the ability that he's blessed you with. Responsibility is the same all the way across. Just may feel a little different. As the praise team comes, here's some questions for you this morning. Number one. You may not even know what God's given you yet. Maybe you do. Maybe here's a good morning to say, God, what is it really that's special about me that you have given me that I can use to tell people about you by the way that I live or the way that I interact with them? How can I use the abilities you've blessed me with for God? Have you ever looked at that? There's actually a a spiritual gifts test that you can take online. Believe it or not, it's online. But we can walk with you and we can take the test with you. I'm not giving you any of your answers, but you can do it. And we can walk with you when you get the results and kind of see what that looks like and help you understand what that looks like. But what is the gifts that God has blessed you with? Have you ever considered the responsibility of your ability? Probably not. Because we don't like to think about that. We just want to say, well, I'm a good teacher, or I'm a good speaker, or I'm a good musician. Maybe this morning we need to consider the responsibility of what he has blessed us with and who the responsibility is to. It's a big responsibility. It's a gift that God has said, here's a gift from me to you. I want you to leverage it for me. That's a big responsibility. What are you doing with it? And then lastly, 
Real simply, are you leveraging your life for him? I love the word leverage. Because I want to use everything that he's given me to point people to him. Not always perfect at it, but I'm getting there. I'm striving to be better at it. So what is it for you this morning that you're holding on to, that you're not allowing him to use? I'm sure there are many gifts in here that are being very much unused that can be used throughout our building on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, throughout the week. God, I appreciate all that you do. I appreciate just the, the simple thought that with ability comes responsibility. And I pray that you would move in hearts this morning, that you would challenge them to ask those hard questions to see maybe deep within their heart this morning, the abilities that you've blessed them with that they're not using. And help them to ask the questions, why am I not? What can I Help them to see the responsibility of the abilities that you've blessed them with, God. We love you, we praise you, and thank you in Jesus' name.